0: Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Dean Thompson with a word of hope. The Unveiled Christ, Part 16. Living but dead. Dead and alive. Sardis. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write These things says he who has the seven spirits of God. And the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain, that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember therefore how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come come upon you as a thief. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 to 6, New King James Version. Sardis. This city lay 30 miles southeast of Thyatira. It had an impressive history. Centuries before the book of Revelation was written, Sardis was one of the chief cities in the ancient world. It was once the capital of the kingdom of Lydia, which was ruled by the wealthy Croesus. By the time of the Roman period, Sardis had lost its prestige in the ancient world. While the population continued to enjoy its prosperity and wealth, in John's time the glory and pride of the city were anchored in its past history rather than in its present standing. According to W.M. Ramsey, I quote, no city of Asia at that time showed such a melancholy contrast between past splendor and present decay as Sardis, end of quote. quote. Stefanovich says, and I quote, in the first century, Sardis was the center of the wool and the dying industries. The patron deity of the city was the goddess goddess Sibyl, whose temple hosted eunuch priests. According to Robert H. Mounds, this goddess, equated to the Greek Artemis, was believed to possess the special power of restoring the dead to life. End of quote. The Christians in Sardis were encouraged to keep watching. This admonition from Jesus to the church in Sardis is very appropriate considering this city's historical background. The city was built on a very steep hill. The incline was so significant that it was considered a natural citadel, and its defences seemed impregnable. This seemed to have made the citizens overconfident. As a result, the city walls were carelessly guarded. According to Stefanovic, the city was captured twice by surprise first by cyrus the persian 549 bc and later by antiochus 218 bc on both occasions enemy troops enemy troops climbed the precipice by night and found that the sardians had set no guard the city was captured and destroyed because of the overconfidence of the citizens and the failure of the guards to watch it seems that this carelessness had crept into the church, hence the warning to keep watching. End of quote. To the Sardians, Jesus presents himself as the one who has the seven spirits of God and seven stars. As usual, this description is taken from the features of the vision of the glorified Christ that John saw in Revelation 1. And this is appropriate to the situation of this church. Sardis is a church that is dying spiritually. Jesus comes to them with the fullness of the Holy Spirit because only the Holy Spirit can revive a dying or dead church. This message has a very disturbing tone. Sardis receives no words of commendation from Jesus, only rebuke, I know your works, that you have a name that you live, and you are dead. The Christians in this church are not upbraided for any sin or false teaching, only for their, their lifeless characteristic. They have a good reputation of being alive and busy, but they are spiritually dead. There is no evidence of the Spirit's presence or working among them. Most of the Sardis Christians, it seems, are in a compromised state with the pagan environment in which they live. They were, loyal to the, they were loyal to Christ, but that was in their past. Their present condition is one of spiritual lethargy and death. They are Christians only in name. They are living a life that does not give clear evidence that they have, that they have a genuine faith in Jesus Christ. But there is a remnant among them. Jesus refers to, to this remnant as a few inside, a few names inside Sardis who have not defiled their garment. This seems to be a very small number of believers who have kept themselves upright and firm. But even this small number has not shown further spiritual progress and are about to die and conform to the the lethargic atmosphere in the church in Sardis. The situation, as bad as it may seem, is not hopeless. These Christians can be rescued from their lifeless spirituality and their approaching judgment By waking up and keep watching. The Sardians are first advised to remember. They must always be remembering what they heard and received, much like the Christians in Ephesus. According to the Greek text, they haven't forgotten. They must never allow themselves to lose sight of their initial dedication and love for Christ in order to better their condition. However, Simply remembering anything is insufficient because remembering involves more than just recalling the past. To remember is to revisit the past and use it to inform the present. The Sardians must act on the information they have learned and heard. Jesus then commands the Sardians to make a complete change from their current state and he says to them, repent. Like the prodigal son in the story, in Jesus' story, of Luke 15, 17 to 19, that the, the Christians and Sardis need to remember where they came from and take a firm stand against their current sluggish state. According to Barclay, there must be a turning point in the Christian's life when a person decides to abandon the old path and embark on the new. End of quote. Christ then issues a warning to the church. Therefore, if you do not watch, I will come as a thief. You shall not know what hour I shall come upon you. If the church does not keep an eye out, Jesus will surprise them and bring judgment. Jesus will visit them just like a thief does when no one is looking. Jesus said that his advent would be like a thief in the night during his lecture on the Mount of Olives. Matthew 24, 42-44, Mark 13, 35-37. And we also see 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 2, 2 Peter 3, verse 10. He also said that the majority of individuals participating, the majority of individuals anticipating the return of Christ will be drowsy to the point of falling asleep. This shows that Jesus was alluding to the second coming when he forewarned the congregation in Sardis. The Sardians' drowsiness prevented them from keeping watch on Christ and his impending return they are granted a second opportunity here they will be caught off they will be caught off guard off guard when Christ returns if they don't keep an eye on things and the same is true for us too brothers and sisters john says that because of the faithfulness of the remnant in sardis their garments were not defiled they did not play a part in the widespread compromise within that church therefore jesus promised that they will walk with him in white, because he has found them worthy. According to Stefanovich, the fulfillment of this promise is described in Revelation 7, 9-17 to and 19, verses 7 and 8, where John sees God's saved people before the throne in the kingdom dressed in white garments. These white garments symbolize the justified people of God, Revelation 19, verse 8. See also chapter 3, verse 18 and 6, verse 11. Those who remain faithful today will be found worthy when the judgment comes. The overcomers in the church of Sardis are given a threefold promise. First, they will be clothed in white garments. Second, Christ will not erase their names from the book of life. And third, Christ will confess their names before the Father and before his angels. Similar to the message to the church in Ephesus, the letter to the church in Sardis is a powerful plea to anybody who feels ambivalent and conflicted about their allegiance to God. They might not have the same zeal for serving God that they did when they first heard and accepted the gospel, and they might find it challenging to do so. Jesus' requests that everyone with an ear should hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches demonstrates that regardless of time or place, every Christian is susceptible to what happened to the Christians in Sardis. A church or a Christian can be well known, have a stellar reputation, and do amazing things, but may still be spiritually dead and uninspired. Our past zealousness toward the Lord does not guarantee that we will continue to be zealous and loyal to him in the future. The only way to recapture the genuine initial zeal and dedication to Christ is to keep in mind retain and utilize the past experiences in the present. Christ's exhortation to repent must be heeded and followed by the urgent decision and action it expresses. There must come a time in the life of every Christian who finds himself or herself falling away from a a passionate love for Christ when a resolute decision must be made for a fresh start. We all need to let God be supreme and have the this, have this supreme reign in our hearts. According to Stefanovic, the historical application of this message, in addition to its primary local application in John's time, the message to the church in Sardis might also aptly apply to the condition of the Christian church of the 16th and 17th centuries named by some as the period of protestant scholasticism. During this period, the vibrant generation of the Reformers who had awakened the Church passed away. Their successors became more and more involved in fervent doctrinal polemics and controversies, gradually degenerating into lifeless formalism and spiritual lethargy. Toward the end of this period, under the impact of the rising tide of philosophical rationalism and secular, secularism, the saving grace of the gospel and commitment to Christ waned, giving place, to, giving place to, to rationalism and theological arguments. The church of this period, although appearing to be alive, was spiritually dead. Oh God, we do not want to seem to be alive, but spiritually dead. Please help us to have the right passion for you and your work. Help us to have a genuine interest in the things of God and a genuine desire to grow, transform, and become more like you. Give us true repentance and help us to live an upright, holy life to your honor and glory. Amen. God bless you, brothers and sisters.